dolphins and jags. What a drag! Welcome, football fans, to the Surf and Artificial Turf podcast. I'm Baxter Hill. This is my co-host, Casey Thompson. Casey, how are your two weeks, buddy? Two weeks were great. Had the Disney trip I previewed. Fuck, I did not grab a beer. I'll grab it when you're talking about your two weeks. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I uh, had the Disney trip that I previewed on the previous pod, uh, and it was a good time had by all there. Um, already planning our next trip. Uh, the draft happened, which is right after the uh, Disney trip. So it was a what a two weeks busy uh, past week for me. Um, mm-hmm. And then this week, nothing much. I'm prepping for a wedding uh, where I'm best man. So I had a we had the most of the speech laid out uh we'll try not to fumble the bag if you if you would <laughs> would you like some tips for best man speeches hit me have you done one no <laughs> but i had a best man speech done at my wedding sure yes you did <laughs> uh insult the groom's uh sisters sure throw the cards violently uh-huh, uh-huh. as you're finished with them uh-huh those are my those are my two tips yeah. for you yeah it was that was noteworthy. <laughs> oh man, yeah, you'll be remembered. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how were your two weeks, buddy? I mean, I was at work. I didn't really do much besides go to work, uh, come home, play with my child. We didn't do anything out of the ordinary these past two weeks. Not that I can recall. I'm trying to think and re- see if I can remember us doing anything, but I don't think that we did. I think we just, you know, hit the old steady, go to the park, go to work routine of life. What you drinking? Wow, that sounds like a good and or terrible time. Uh, I am drinking <laughs> the uh, Voodoo Vice by the classic Voodoo Ranger. <laughs> My beautiful, uh, wonderful wife, who listens to this podcast religiously, um, said that she was listening, and she realized that um, uh, my beer choices are, are very uh, boring, and they don't really change. So she went to Total Wine for National Health Worker Secretary Appreciation Month or whatever. One uh-huh. of those things are, yeah, you know, yeah. every, everybody gets an appreciation day around here. Uh and she got some alcohol for her coworkers, but she also got me beer. She got me a Green Man Nerd Nectar. Oh, a hazy IPA. It's not too bad. It kind of looks like you. <laughs> that look. That kind of looks like me. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I'm doing the face. It's, it's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> Let's just it's keep, great keep audio the face medium. for another ten seconds. There we go. Oh God! No one has no fucking glue what I'm looking at right now. <laughs> uh, uh. So let's get into the, let's get into the NFL draft. Um, we're gonna do uh, a deep dive into the Dolphins and then the Jags, and then we're gonna do our winners and losers, and um, 
that's probably it. I mean, we'll go over some beer bets. Uh, it should be pretty quick. Should be pretty quick on the beer bets. I didn't do anything with the drafts. I don't oh, know. Really? I was hoping if, you yeah, would. I did. I did not. No. Well, you I can't imagine that either of them. Well, you know, mowing the lawn. Yeah. So, let's get into it. Let's do the easier one first. Uh, Miami Dolphins, take us away. Sure. Second round, Cam Smith. Third round, Devane Achain. <laughs> Sixth round, Elijah Higgins. He's just doing it on purpose. Round now. seven is Brian Hayes. Quick, easy. Uh, you know, I think really you mostly got to focus on the first two. Uh, Cam Smith. Uh, I, I think, I, you know, probably some, uh, some mock drafts mocked in the first round. Uh you know, this is a stronger cornerback class. Uh, mm-hmm. He's, I think, up there in terms of, I don't know what kind of tier system you want, but I would put him in like a tier three. If you have tier one as Gonzalez and Witherspoon um, and Porter maybe, although Porter fell a lot. Um, and tier two is like Banks and Branch or something like that. Um, three would probably be Cam Smith and Ringo and probably someone else I'm forgetting. Um, but DJ Turner, sure. But I, I think for us, um, you know, the um, the ceilings there. I think for him, I think he is a uh, he's a go getter. So that's 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 a good thing. Um, I think he's going to flourish in our specific defense, um, which just has you know one of the best coaching staffs I think in, in the league. Um, I think. I don't really know where he's going to line up. Uh, obviously, we have Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey as our uh, two outside corners. And Cater Kohu, I would imagine, would have been our nickel slot guy. We also have Nick Needham coming back. Um, so where does this put Cam Smith? I think potentially Cam Smith uh, could be nickel i think he could be outside corner and give jalen ramsey the flexibility to play safety at points um so i think this what this does is provide us flexibility and the defensive Mm -hmm. back room where we had zero flexibility last year because of injuries i think we're good just kind of like um we don't want last year to happen again so we added uh jalen ramsey and our top pick cam smith uh to that defensive back room and have Nick Needham come back from injury, had Brandon Jones come back from injury, uh, add the safety whose name escapes my mind that was playing for the Lions last year, um, and just kind of, uh, you know, revamp and give Fangio a hell of a defensive back room. Uh, And I I think that's kind of what we are uh, doing with this pick. And... Probably some insurance because I mean those two outside corners. What was that? A fly? A bug? A moth? Did you see that? Yeah. What was that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so quick. Uh, our our two outside corners are aging, so maybe if Cam Smith becomes something, a uh, you know a decent outside corner, it gives us flexibility a couple years down the road when I assume there will be some outs, especially in Xavier Howard's contract. Yeah, I think the the biggest benefit to this is. Like you were saying, Cam plays. Cam Smith plays the nickel. Uh, Cater Kohu plays outside along with Xavier Howard, and you mm-hmm. can literally play 
Jalen Ramsey wherever you want. Yeah. No, you can play I him mean, safety. You can play him overhang linebacker. You can play him kind of wherever he, you need him to play in that week. I think, I think that, that that's the biggest thing. I think you see you see Cam as a slot guy. Cater actually was incredible uh, when he was able to play in the nickel mm-hmm. and or slot. Um, so it's going to be interesting. It's one of those things where we talked a lot about this for the Jags last year, um, but it turns out we were debating whether Shaq should be, you know, not debating. We know we were pretty confident where Shaq should be playing, uh, but it turns out Shaq yeah. shouldn't be playing, period. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, for, I think for us, it's it's going to be that same thing. I'm curious how it's it's all going to hopefully be flushed out in training right. camp um, in, uh, leading up to that in the preseason and stuff like that. But, uh, again, it's all about flexibility. This is a best player available pick in my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have needs, but cornerback, I would say, was not in those, I don't know, top five needs um sure if, if you were to grade it by that so this is definitely a you are picking the top player on your board and i i, I don't mind it because mm-hmm. we are so close uh and because we draft off the linemen so terribly we're kind of in a situation where and i, I you know and the darnell washington thing was just strange right i, I in terms of how much he dropped so we, the, the tight ends that were available i didn't see value there so i'm you know i, I ended up being okay with it in the end what are you, now what are you smirking about the tight ends you weren't very happy about the options available well, Can't well wait to talk about that. yeah I, I let me just fill in the rest of the draft on, on my side um yeah, finish up your your four but four by 100 relay team oh here. my god the speed that this team has i mean we we picked the guy uh that has this the same 40 time that Mostert does and that would be the fastest RB, you know, 40 time in the league. Uh, let's just add another guy. Uh, that's for, for running back. Um, so, I mean, it, it is a, uh, it is a track meet. It is a track meet. I, it's really just like this, this, the first one was one for Vic. This one was one for Mike. Uh, very excited to see what Mike McDaniel does with this running back room. You know, we, made some additions last year uh and there might be more additions down the line based on some rumors but we won't see those until after june 1st when byron jones is officially cut and that cap space comes on the board but even as the running back room stands now i mean savon achman and uh, miles gaskin are definitely cut risks and they were our two starting running backs a couple years ago so the, the, the extreme upgrade that we've had a running back is, is just very exciting. Uh, and I'm excited for the speed that will be on the field at times. Um, and just a, another insurance and flexibility, right? Mostert and Wilson, guys that have been injured in the past. So add a guy that can be similar caliber and, you know, you don't lose a step. There, there is a slight difference as you go down the line in running backs. And running backs get injured a lot. Uh, and so the difference between running back and running one and running back two sometimes isn't that much in my mind and a lot of teams, but the difference between running back one and running back four can be a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you picked up a guy who was an all American in the 100 meter and 200 meter dash in, in college. <laughs> yep. Um, this team is just built around speed and you have a coach who's just so good at being able to get guys into open space with the ball in their hand. Uh, just adding another guy who's just a, a burner 
um, it's going to be a problem for the AFC East. It's you know if if you can't make that first tackle, you got you know four to five guys on the Dolphins that with the ball in their hand, if they make the first guy miss, could be a house call from anywhere on the field. Elijah Higgins, um, our sixth round pick. Uh, if you can go out and listen to, or fo- watch, I should say, the video of him being selected in the phone calls, which usually across the board anywhere in the league if you can find those mm. videos there they're great um i really liked elijah higgins though he was sobbing on the phone and mm-hmm. um it was just it you know those are always uh nice to hear right uh so yeah. when some kids dreams are being made uh kid because i am somehow uh like nine years older than these fuckers now uh and uh <laughs> The uh, you're 23 years older, and then yeah, the pretty much <laughs> the uh, but he's going to be a uh, tight end. He's similar to Tanner Connor, what we did with him last year, wide receiver in college, convert him to tight end. Uh, but my guy is fucking built. I don't know if you've seen any pics of this guy. Um, that guy is, I mean, he's whew, muscles for days. <laughs> um, and then seventh round pick, whatever. It's a depth. Hope that he could be something. Hell, he could be our starting right tackle based on our talent fucking group and right tackle, Ryan Hayes. We'll see. Uh, I think overall, four picks, uh, we did pretty good <laughs> in my mind. Um, mm-hmm. There might be more value there than in all your picks combined. But let's go to that. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, first, <laughs> what's your what's your what do you have for your grade? Grade? Um, I would yeah. give him a B plus. Sure. All right. Me too. I, I thought it. I thought it was good. I mean, there's not a lot of picks. It's kind of hard, you know. They, but they did, you know, with those first two picks that they had. I feel like they got a lot of value, especially. Yeah, it's it's just kind team. of like it's not like there was anyone else that like we could have went Zach Charbonnet in this in the second round. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I I don't. It's it's hard. Obviously, I, different I, style of runner. I could look stupid. If he's RB one for the Seahawks in Week Seven, mm-hmm. right? And he, um, and he's yeah. like, he's obviously like, is um, much greater than anticipated. But uh, based on who was available, based on uh, what was currently on the board, I, I I was perfectly fine with the picks that we made. And in my mind, the talent we selected in those round two and three specifically was, you know, I think good value for where we got him. Yeah, and I think for me, especially with the draft, I think you you tend to look at high end variants, like what the player can be, and you know Cam Smith, what he can be is a starting corner for your team, which that's a huge piece, no matter if it's outside corner or slot corner. Those three positions of corner are are hugely valuable, those starting pieces, and then a running back that's you know going to be one of the fastest players in the league on a team that prioritizes speed and getting the ball into people getting the ball into offensive players hands when they're in the open space uh it's a great pick jags we're gonna do this one a little differently casey we're gonna break this up by day because there is uh layers to what happened to this jags draft (laughs) um so first uh, day one uh trade back twice acquire additional picks a ton of picks uh and then they draft Anton Harrison, um, the top tackle on a lot of people's boards at that time. Uh, not necessarily the position I would have gone after, but like we're saying, high variance. If you're going to find your right tackle or left tackle of the future here in the first round, uh, it's a great pick. Um, 
if he works out, it lets you move on from from Cam Robinson next year, reducing an $18 million cap hit. Uh, He said in his first interview, he'll play left tackle, he'll play right tackle, he'll play anywhere he just wants to play. It's a very similar thing to what Walker Little said, which uh, is the exact opposite of what Cam Robinson said when they asked him if he would play anywhere other than left tackle, and his response was, I'm a left tackle. Uh, So you kind of you've got some guys who are like, you know what? I'm just going to do whatever I think is best for the team. I'll play wherever the team needs me. Um, day one of the Jags draft. I give it an A. What say you? An A? Day one. If you're just looking at it, it's day one. They traded back twice. They acquired more picks to be able to move around in the draft, and they selected a starting offensive tackle. Maybe. I give it a B. B. A. Yeah, A minus B. Somewhere around that range. It's a C if they didn't make the trades. Correct. But they <laughs> did, and they got these picks that you were like, oh, now they can move around in the draft. Here comes the next layer. Day two. Uh, they select Frenton Strange and Tank Bigsby. Uh, first pick is a tight end. Uh, again, we're talking high-end variants for these players if they possibly hit at their maximum. Year one of Britain Strange, he is replacing 19 total targets for this year. That's, his, that's the, the targets combined for Luke Manhurts, or Chris Manhurts, and the other tight end that they lost, which whose name escapes me currently. But basically, 19 total targets is what Britain Strange will be replacing. Now, high-end variants, you don't re-sign Evan Ingram, and you get a top-five tight end in the future. Baby. That's, you know, that's if he's hitting, Casey. That's okay, what I'm saying. Okay, we're, looking okay, at, okay. we're looking at the highest possible outcome. Sure. Here is the top-five tight ends since 2017, going backwards, starting, starting in 2023. Evan Ingram, 85 catches for 890 yards. Goddard, 62 for 918. Gronk, 53. For 733, Mark Andrews, 68 for 891. Gronk again, 60 catches for 873. Ingram in 2017, 64 catches, 722 yards. Uh, No top five, no guy at five, over 1,000 yards for a tight end. So what you're looking at adding is a uh, a low-end, value pass catcher even if it's the fifth best tight end that you're going to be adding to your team uh conversely uh you hit on a top five edge that's a double digit sack guy top five corners a shutdown guy and a top five wide receiver in all of those years is more than 1200 yards terrible pick awful moving on you take tank bigsby running back in the third round tank bigsby Number of snaps that he will be replacing this year, zero. He will be replacing zero snaps because you know why? He is coming into a room that has six running backs already on this roster, including Jamichael Hasty, who they just re-signed, and Dearness Johnson, who they've paid in free agency. Uh, again, uh, the highest level of variance for this guy is a running back two on this roster that you're taking in the third round. Here are some players who were available in or around where Tank Bixby was taken. Jordan Battle, Darnell Washington, 
Keely Ringo, Clark Phillips III, Makai Becton, Siakai Ika, all of these players could have filled a larger role than your seventh running back on your roster, who at the most is going to take uh, 132 rushing attempts this next season. And DeAndre Swift traded to the Eagles for a 2025 fourth and a seventh from this year's draft. Uh, another terrible pick. Now we get to what we were talking about with day one. They traded back several times, um, seemingly to be able to move around. Trent Balky says, uh, I'm going, you, I called 13 to 16 teams trying to get back into the end of the round three, but no one wanted to move. Here are the picks that were traded after pick 88, 89, 92, and 95, 93, 94, 96, 100, 102. Day two of the draft, F. Uh, F minus. <laughs> this, is, this is miserable. This is terrible draft philosophy. This, Awful. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, I guess it would be one thing if... I don't even understand. Like, it's like... You look at two different things, right? When evaluating who you're picking in the draft, and you're looking at positional need and just overall talent, mm-hmm. right? I don't really understand. First of all, where these two guys fall in the latter category, because I mean, maybe he was the best tight end available at the time. Uh, you know, debatable. Uh, maybe Tank Bigsby was the best running back available at the time. But are you saying that for Trent Baalke, these guys were literally on the top of the board over all the guys you listed? Right. Because that has to be the case. Because there's not a positional need compared to the need that you have at wide receiver and cornerback an interior offensive lineman in edge in I don't know literally anything else guard yeah interior offensive lineman is also known as a guard yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sorry uh, it was, it's just like you're, you're you're selecting a tight end and this was the problem I think with Anton Harrison for me too I wouldn't give this an A is that you're selecting a guy when you're too big. Resignings, really, and we'll see. Tag and resign. Hopefully, the same path that Cam took last year is going to be Ingram this year. Is mm-hmm. offensive tackle and tight end, and then you are drafting as your two first picks, offensive tackle and tight end. Yeah, I just, I, mean, I it's, it's just, it. I don't get the logic there, and. I mean, this is just this is a bulky special. I mean, that's all it is, right? He he's got to draft the running back. You know, he, he are we ever going to see Snoop Connor again? I mean, that just seems like no, a wasted Snoop Connor's a wasted pick at this point. Um, and you know, you're basically throwing in the towel on a guy that you drafted last year that you traded up mm-hmm. for. You traded up for last year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like these two picks. It, I don't. I don't. I don't. I just don't really understand it. Uh, the tight end market in free agency was so cheap. 
was so mm-hmm. cheap. That's one of the things you could have afforded. You could have maybe gotten a guy that you know I think would have been better um, than what you got. Running back market is always cheap. Uh, I love that Dearness Johnson signing. I thought that he was excellent in when yeah, he the started. Team did not need to draft for the a running back at any point in time in this draft. No, Hasty was good. I mean, I know he had a fuck up in the playoff game, but like, I mean, he was he was good. Um, a decent RB two. You added Dearness mm-hmm. Johnson. You're basically competition for RB two. Like, you're set. You're set. You know, I I I, I don't really understand it for. For what? For what is probably going to be more depth at the running back position. My guy, focus on your talent. Where is your most talented player? He's fucking throwing the ball. Like, give him more. And then another one, and then another one of your most talented players is your number one running back. Yeah. You, don't, you don't need to bring in a sixth running back. No, support them. Give them an right. interior, interior offensive lineman or give him a pass catcher. No, what are the like, and and like like I said, like wh- what you're talking about with Ingram, like let's say they move on from Ingram and Brenton Strange is their number one tight end next year, and he hits, like he's a good top tight end. That's still not as valuable as hitting on an edge, or a or nickel corner, or having taken uh, an interior offensive lineman who's your starter for the next decade. That's, I mean. Those two right there, you know, like interior offensive linemen and tight end are about at the same kind of like value level. But, you know, you could have taken a corner there. You could have taken an edge there. You could have done something else other than tight end two for this year and potentially your starting tight end of the future. Yeah, it just seems like it, it almost it almost seems like cap future cap decision moves, which is just mm-hmm. crazy. In the first but two like, rounds let's, of the NFL let's draft. Say, let's say that they know going into the draft that they've had these discussions with Evan Ingram and Evan Ingram's agent, and they're not going to resign in Jacksonville. Like, let's just say they know he's going to play on the franchise tag and he's gone. So they, they made the draft pick knowing that they need a tight end. That's still like the high end variance is just, it's still not worth taking a tight end there. You could sign one in free agency next year, you could take one in the draft next year. You don't need to replace that in the second round at all yeah and you're also taking what the fifth tight end off the board i mean it's just kind of like what what are we expecting here? right you know what i mean and we're not even and we're not even talking about necessarily the players that were available because you could have absolutely taken a unicorn at the position in darnell washington who was falling because he has an injury concern from this year well, he's your tight end too. You don't need to worry about if he's hurt to start the season because he's not your starting tight end. He's not your starting tight end until 2024. Just overall, second round, a, a, a huge blunder, in my opinion. Day three. Uh, the first day the Jags addressed defense. Uh, that allowed the ninth most yards in 2022. <laughs> first pick for the defense, inside linebacker, number five for the Jags, Ventrell Miller. Uh, no corner addressed until the 202nd pick. Uh, team had total of 13 picks in this draft. They spent one on wide receiver, two on cornerback, and two on edge. None of which were picked until pick 130. Casey, if you're going to have 13 picks, at least 50% of them should be on pos- positions of high value, especially when you're returning 21 of 22 of your starters. 
not 38.5% of your picks. Terrible process. Day three, F. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give day three a little bit higher. I, can you? Do you have it in front of you, the, all the picks? Yeah, 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 yeah. Can you read off the names you selected from rounds four through seven? Sure. Ventral Miller, linebacker from Florida. Pick 121. Pick 130, Tyler Lacey, defensive end. And you asked me about him, and I said no, but he actually was on um, Jags, Jaguars today. And uh, he's a positional flexibility kind of guy. He's actually a, a guy who could play, you know, three technique. He's not an edge. Uh, he's, a, he's a rotational defensive line piece. Um, after that, you have Yasir Abdullah, a Tracy kind of edge guy. Uh, Antonio Johnson, uh, safety that I like, probably one of my favorite picks in the entire draft at uh, in the fifth round. Sixth round, we got Parker Washington, the first wide receiver taken. Uh, Christian Braswell next, the first cornerback taken at 202. And then Eric Hallett, 208, a defensive back. Cooper Hodges, an offensive tackle. Raymond Vohasak, a defensive tackle from North Carolina. And Derek Parrish, a fullback from Houston. Fullback edge, sir. He's going to play fullback. Fullback edge. You never know. <laughs> Your edges yeah. suck. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so I, I like some of the names there. And my, my whole point of making you go through that exercise that because I like some of the names there, I'm not going to give them an F. Uh, I'm actually going to go all the way up to a C-. minus. Uh, some of them are in, in positions that you do actually need uh, people in. And so... You know, you started to hit those positions, defensive back, wide receiver, edge. Uh, and, you know, look, they're dart throws. Uh, mm -hmm. But, I mean, there are some gaping talent holes in, in those positions where, you know, they might be good enough uh, to be an improvement on, you know, the middle of your depth chart, uh, your wide receiver three or your um, edge three or four or your cornerback three, honestly. Your nickel because it's the yeah. 92nd graded player corner by PFF Trey Herndon has no competition for the nickel spot. Yeah. Your your first corner because I, I don't see any reason why he would be lying, but Trent Balky you know, Antonio Johnson, the guy you picked in the fifth round, who's got a lot of snaps at nickel corner. He said, well, that's actually just a disguise of their defense. He actually was playing box safety. He's he's not a nickel corner. He's a he's a safety. So that would lead me to believe that they think he's a safety and not a nickel corner. So Trey Herndon's biggest competition is a guy named Christian Braswell, who was drafted 202. No way, dude. Well... <laughs> Let me introduce the Trey Herndon. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I think I, I, my point, I guess, is that it's most likely not going to be. They're most likely not going to be starters, no. But uh, no. injuries happen and things like that, and they could be better than CB4, CB5 on your roster just because it's already a full cluster after CB2. So yeah, but those are guys you took in the fifth and sixth round last year. Yeah. 
I mean, but you have the picks. What are you supposed to do? I don't think I, I don't take wide receivers, take edges, take more corners. That's my. Well, that's you did my take, but you took. This. You did take. A, you did take. A few. A few on, then, in those positions. Then, so wide receiver, you only took one. And then I understand you took that, a fullback, but. and you took inside linebacker What's number it? five. Like, it's just it's bad process all all around. I understand what you're saying, but when you got 13 picks and one of those picks in the year 2023, our Lord is a wide receiver, just one in the way that football is played now. It's that's not acceptable. And I said this on Jaguars today and they're like, well, you already have Zay Jones and you have Agnew. The draft is not for one year. You hit on Stefan Diggs and you find out that you have Stefan Diggs on your team, who was a fifth round pick. Zay Jones is gone next year. And that dude's playing on the outside. And then you have Calvin Ridley and a guy who's hits like Stephon Diggs on the opposite side of Calvin Ridley. You have one of the best wide receiver duos in the NFL, period. And you took one chance, one one chance on being able to find that. And it's just, it it's awful, awful process. Jags, loser. <laughs> F. So I got an A, a D, and an F. That comes out to be a D minus. <laughs> Casey? Overall, overall grade? Overall draft grade for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I guess it's like a D plus. <laughs> Nailed it. All right. Uh, now that's off my chest. Let's do some Let's do some winners and losers. Let's make it quick because that took a while. <laughs> Bad draft. And I, I reserve the right to be wrong because you're right. Antonio Johnson could hit. He could be a great <laughs> player. With the Jags. Okay, keep going. Parker Washington could 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 be the next Stephon Diggs, I guess. It's just it, not enough chance. Go off, King. Winners and losers. <laughs> Who you got? <laughs> Give me a winner or a loser. Yeah. Other than the Jags. Let's, let's just hit a, a quick winner and one that kind of pre, predates the draft, but just by a little bit um, in terms of the big one, and that's the Baltimore Ravens. Hey, look. You have your quarterback, uh, you know that, that that's uh, MVP winner and um, has led his team to a playoff win in the past and things like that. Uh, maybe you know don't fuck around and just sign the guy. And they finally did it. Uh, along with that, uh, they took a guy that I could see in this offense becoming kind of what Hollywood Brown was in, in Zay Flowers. Um, I don't have the rest of the Ravens drafts in here. I think the the, the, the most the, the biggest point I wanted to make was that look, the Ravens needed to sign Lamar Jackson. Um, they give him they, what five million more guaranteed or whatever it was than Jalen Hurts. Uh, but they also picked up um, Say Flowers in the first. They did not have a second round pick. They took Triton Simpson, you know, a highly touted linebacker, uh, and then they also did not pick up Patrick Queens. Uh, fifth-year option, so sure. they picked up Trenton Simpson, who should be starting inside linebacker for them. Uh, Caillou Blue Kelly, a cornerback out of Stanford, who was kind of highly highly uh, regarded. And then their seventh-round pick was Andrew Voorhees, who I saw in some three-round mocks this last year. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think you know a lot of dart throws, especially after round three, but um, I like what they did with, uh, you know, again, with signing Lamar Jackson. <laughs> So mm-hmm. they have like, some draft winner. Yeah. My first winner 
And another reason why I'm uh, frustrated with the Jags draft. Uh, Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. Colts stuck at four. Did not have to trade up. Ended up with my favorite quarterback in this draft for the future, Anthony Richardson, to pair along with their brand new coach, Shane Steichen, coming over from the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. If anybody is going to have a good path on how to get Anthony Richardson to a high-caliber starting quarterback. It would be the guy who just helped develop Jalen Hurts. In uh, the second round, they took a cornerback. That team needed some defensive depth. And then in the third round, possibly other than Anthony Richardson, my favorite pick for them, Josh Downs. Uh, a wide receiver. Look, they've already got two larger, two larger guys on the outside and Alec Pierce and the other guy whose name uh, escapes me right now, Alec Pierce, who's the other guy who plays for the Colts. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. There it is. Uh, <laughs> both both kind of big, rangy, uh, rebound kind of wide receivers. Josh Down is the, is the exact opposite. He's going to fit into the slot. He's going to do what we talk about a lot. He's going to give them that different flavor of a wide receiver, a guy who can get open, a guy who's going to be uh, available in some short routes some yards after the catch for Anthony Richardson. Uh, and then the rest of their draft, they just kind of went after what Chris Ballard likes to get, um, you know, athletic, high-profile athletes. Good draft, Indianapolis Colts. Loved it. They did it. They fucking did it. Everyone had them picking Will Levis. Oh, you know, Chris Ballard, he's going to pick Will Levis. And I, I know after the draft he said, oh, you know, we might have taken him. Vay Arfwood's gone. Uh, I think they're throwing him bone. I do not think they were going to take Will mm-hmm. Levis. I think the NFL <laughs> uh, saw what we saw in Will Levis. Uh, no, they, they, they picked AR, who I think has the capability of being the best quarterback in this draft, uh, has that ceiling. Uh, I am excited to see uh, this offense next year after a terrible year of having a terrible quarterback. Uh, and who had you know no motion or movement, and Matt Ryan uh, moving over to Anthony Richardson is quite a shift. Uh, also had them as winner. Uh, I'm gonna have another winner, uh, and that's the Philadelphia Bulldogs. I uh, sorry, Eagles. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> uh, let's just go through that because Jalen Carter indeed dropped all the way to the ninth pick. Could be the best player in this draft when all is said and done. Um, definitely a contender to be best defender when all is said and done in this draft. Mm. And he fell all the way to nine. Uh, why stop there when you can get another bulldog? Nolan Smith, another guy, dropped. I mean, I might have, I think I we might have mocked him 10 to the Eagles. Uh, mm. He was at 30. Pick 30. Didn't, didn't have to even move for that one. Uh, Nolan Smith falling into the laps again. Definitely, I mean, shit. He could be the best edge in this draft. We, we you know, we'll see what happens with Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson. But, um, I mean, we saw what these guys can do uh, multiple years now for the Georgia Bulldogs, and uh, you know, they have the same people around them. So keep that going. Uh, beside that, they drafted. Tyler Steen, an offensive lineman, Sidney Brown, a safety. They were back at it. Trade up. Keely Ringo's available. Let's keep adding to the pack. A guy that, you know, um, 
preseason preseason one. Yeah, preseason was draft probably you know in mock drafts in the, in the first round. Uh, he he fell a bit, but you're adding a guy that has a ceiling of a cornerback one in my mind, and you're filling him, putting him in a in a good defensive back room, uh, a, a and with a bunch of friends, <laughs> uh, and then. Tanner McKee because just it's just a fucking quarterback school in Philadelphia and uh, Moro Ojamo, uh, which is just defensive tackle, which means nothing to me. A lot of a <laughs> lot of people uh, that we respect, uh, Ben Solak, Trevor Sikmo specifically, saying that's that was probably one of the best value picks in the draft. Moro Ojamo, look at that. Uh huh. Um, I was just gonna dismiss that pick. Uh, and uh, not only that, you mentioned it earlier, they traded. For DeAndre Swift, uh, for pennies on a dollar, <laughs> it's it, it's it's just uh, and you, another bulldog. It, it's just it's just uh, crazy. It's crazy. And, you know how can they keep getting away with it? This team was in the Super Bowl last year, and if Kadarius Tony doesn't start going off in the third or fourth quarter when the fuck that started happening, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. they might be Super Bowl champions and. I mean, they added some significant talent in this draft, and they will have them cheap for four to five years. Um, it, it's it's pretty crazy. Obviously, Swift is not a part of that, but Swift is kind of coming into now a revamped running back room that lost Miles Sanders, yes, but gained Rashad Penny and Swift. I, I, to me, that could be definitely an upgrade. Uh, and basically two injury-prone guys instead of the one injury-prone guy, Miles Sanders, gives you a little bit more insurance, right, if one of them goes out, um, which is, you know, a good policy to have with running backs. I just, I'm always impressed, uh, and I think it just is kind of crazy what fell in their laps uh, over the weekend. I'm going to skew negative here kind of you know in the my mindset currently uh and i actually have a loser that a lot of people don't uh i have the texans as a loser uh instantaneously i felt like that trade was bad that they made to move back up to take will anderson and the more i think about it the more i don't like it uh you they paid quarterback price to move up to take an edge and yes, edge edge is wildly important. But if you uh, just start looking at mock drafts right now, they're playing uh, a rookie quarterback. Their team still has a ton of holes on it. They're likely to be acquiring a top five pick next year. They probably gave away the opportunity to draft Marvin Harrison Jr. next year and to pair him with C.J. Stroud. And I would so much rather have Marvin Harrison Jr. Marvin Harrison and CJ Stroud on my team than uh CJ Stroud and Will and Will Anderson. Uh and the rest of their draft after that, I, I mean, they took Tank Dell, a tiny, tiny wide receiver. Uh Henry To'o To'o was, was a pretty good pick. Xavier Hutchinson was a pretty good wide receiver pick in the sixth round. But just like it it seemed like they did not want to take the quarterback. The owner came in and said, you have to take the quarterback. This is what we're doing. Stop messing around. 
And then they said, well, we still really want Will Anderson and we're willing to give up quarterback price to get Will Anderson. And I think that team has too many holes on it to be giving up that much for one edge. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I slightly disagree because it's kind of just like, you know, you eventually need to start uh, putting blue chip players in these premium positions. And, you know, I think there was only a couple in this draft. So you traded up and got one Will Anderson. Um, and it is hard to be like, well, we shouldn't trade this pick because we don't, uh, you know, it might be a top five pick next year. Like you, It's definitely going to be a top five pick I next year. I completely disagree. I think you don't think Houston will be one of the five worst teams in the NFL next absolutely year? Absolutely not. There's way too much With variance a in the quarterback. NFL. I don't care. Yeah. It's a tremendous upgrade over the yeah. quarterbacks they had last year. I really like who they drafted in this draft, and I, I think that that alone is going to improve them a few wins. And so to say that it's going to be a top five pick when they could easily be better than the Colts and Titans, and they could be easily better than a bunch of NFC teams, um, you know. It doesn't take much, and they're, I don't know, eight or nine. And then that pick doesn't look as great where you're looking at those players compared to Will Anderson, and is that that big of a difference? Um, you got to eventually start building your team. Uh, hell, the Browns could suck. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see what happens with Watson. Uh, and then that, that pick could be a top five pick. So, uh you got to eventually start building your team. I think I'm, I'm, I was fine with the trade. Uh, they still had um, other selections as well, of course, and uh, they still have a first-round pick next year. So they're going to continue building, uh, and they're, they're hitting premium positions, and they picked the best edge in this draft. Yeah, just don't, I, don't like, I, don't, I do not like the quarterback price for an edge. Uh, regardless of whether he's a blue chip player or not. Um, if they're picking in the top five and that's a pick that uh, goes to the Cardinals and the Cardinals end up getting Caleb Williams and uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, Texans are probably going to be kicking themselves. Yeah, or you don't make the trade and then you're you're just never good and you're always circling. Well, you, could, not... you, could, you could trade later and get nolan smith you could have jumped ahead of the eagles but what if he sucks and not spent a first round if pick? you're if you're gonna if you're sure, gonna project but, hypotheticals, sucks? but you're, you're that's the point you're projecting hypotheticals like oh you know uh this could be a top five pick and so that's why it's a bad thing but it could also be hey will anderson could be i don't know the next bosa and i don't think yeah and i don't think that that's true you don't think will anderson could be the next bosa no i do not yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I didn't even out. have him as my number one edge. So, I mean, I'm not going to rule that out. And I mean, I think to say which one is more or less likely, think about those hypotheticals. You're just you're getting in a game of hypotheticals. I think at that point, sure. uh, I think it's really just a matter of they finally started swinging. Yeah, they're just not to me. They're not a good enough team. They are not an edge away from competing even for their own division um they're probably still the fourth team in my mind in the afc south i think the titans are getting uh back ryan Tannehill, and that team was one game away from the playoffs uh the colts roster is infinitely better than the texans roster anthony richardson has a higher ceiling and a higher floor than cj stroud 
I think they're still the worst team in the AFC South. They're probably looking at a top five pick next year. And I mean, we can revisit this. Obviously, it's a hypothetical, but I, I just I don't see this team as a team that's going to be competing in 2023. And you traded a first your first round pick next year, as opposed to the other first round pick, the Browns that you could have possibly. Patting yourself, backs are G's. Um, so uh, I have a loser, and that is the Atlanta Falcons. Because um, you want to talk about have a lot of holes and you trade up and spend it on edge. How about if you have a lot of holes and you spend it on a running back? Yeah. Um, Got me a beer, though. Here, here's the problem. And we discussed this in the context of the Cardinals uh, before the draft. We were thinking about uh-huh. what if the Cardinals drafted Bajan Robinson? Um, I'm going to make the same point I made with them uh, when I was texting you, not, not on this podcast. And that is... Your whole whole point for drafting a running back in the first round is the, is the benefit of being able to uh, extend him for the fifth year and then tag and tag. And you basically got right. seven years of cost-controlled running back um, if he's premier, which I think we all agree with Bajan Robinson has a very likelihood, high likelihood of being premier. Correct. My point with the Cardinals is you basically have six years of valuable cost-controlled running back because you are not going to be good your first year because you will not have uh, Kyler. And so you're already one year back on your benefit. Falcons are even farther back in my mind. They don't have the quarterback of the future. I have a bad feeling what this pick is going to do is convince them that Desmond Ritter is good because they will go 7-10 and 10 this year, or whatever, and Desmond Ritter will have 1,000 yards to their running back or some shit, <laughs> and passing yards. And they will keep Desmond Ritter another year and roll another year with him. Um, or if? Heineke is incredible with him, and they make the playoff as a wild card. That would be the worst-case scenario for the Falcons in my mind, if they made yeah. a wild card in this, in this. What if they trade for Tannehill? Oh, hell no. That's even worse. <laughs> that's, that's extending. You're, 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 you're pulling a colt. <laughs> you know? You're extending. The, the, you are in a rebuild right now if you're the Atlanta Falcons. Mm. And the running back position is one of the last positions you should fill in a rebuild. Especially if you don't have the quarterback. And I think we both agree that Desmond Ritter is not going to be a franchise quarterback. Not big on Ritter. Um, we could be wrong, sure. And I I think my point is that we are now talking about five, four years of cost control running back where we're at Bajon Robinson's you know third or fourth year in the NFL when they might finally add the franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. And not only that, it's the four years, but it's not the best four years, right? It's the four years that include the two tags that are going to be, you know, whatever it is, 110% and then another 120%, whatever the, the, the tag um, right. addition is at the end on the, on the second tag. So, and that's, of course, the Baxter strategy. That's different from these other strategies, which is re-sign the guy re-sign. in the second, yeah, con- the second contract never or rarely goes well for a running back. Um, so that's my concern, right? Uh, the other picks for the Falcons is quickly Matthew Bergeron, who I think a lot of people um, had as a very low-ranked uh, offensive lineman. Yeah, he's going to probably end up being a low-ranked tackle, higher-ranked guard. They're going to run the ball. They're going to pass the ball ten times. A game. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then Zach Harrison, an edge at Ohio State. 
Clark Phillips, cornerback Utah. Good pick. DeMarco Hellams, safety Alabama. And Javon Gwynn, another guard out of South Carolina. Um, yeah, you're fine. You know, they didn't have – I don't know what the fuck happened, but they don't they didn't have a ton of picks this year, um, which is weird in rebuild. You usually have more picks. I don't know what they're doing mm-hmm. over there. Uh, I, I, I just am concerned that – the rebuild will just take too long. And Bajan Robinson, um, inter- the talent won't be wasted, but the championship window where you would like a guy like Bajan Robinson will be much shorter. They had a top five rushing attack last year. You know, again, high variance to get the number one rushing attack this year. Wild card team, maybe at best in a, in a poor Worst NFC. Um, yeah, I'm kind of with that you. means they you're would, probably sticking with the quarterback if you're a wild card. Or have to be aggressive and give up a whole bunch for a veteran or, you know, some some guy. Yeah. I mean, you know, a Tannehill who's going to be coming up on a, on a, being released from the Titans or something like that. Yeah. Uh, as much as I love Bijan, you're right. That's probably one of the worst possible places that he could have landed. I would have rather lost the beer and for him to have gone to the Eagles. Uh, with the well, 10th pick or, I, or something I, like that. I mean, again, I, I think that, um, you know, this team... Good for him statistically, yeah, yeah, but they're just not they're not going to be a good football team. No. Bad stat. I mean, good stats on bad team. Uh, another loser for me, I'm going to go uh, a little bit outside uh, the box here, not specifically a team. Uh, any AFC, def- AFC East defender that runs a sub-5040... Playing against the Dolphins. Okay, nice. We've already talked about it. Um, <laughs> boy, this team is going to be a track team, yeah. and any guy who can't run fast, who's going to be trying to tackle these guys, big time loser. Yeah, for sure. I'm, and I'm, I'm really, I'm really hoping that we rely more on the run game this year. Um, but it does. It, boy, God, fuck, it's fucking spicy as hell because we know what the offense we ran last year was. Right, we had a lot of deep passes in the middle of the field. So what you have are all these linebackers that have to kind of guard those lanes going toward the middle of the field and stretch runs to the outside with the fastest running, the two fastest running backs in the league. Like, go fuck yourself is basically what we're saying. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. that, that's kind of what we're at. Um, really hoping we add another offensive lineman, um, and, 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 you know, potentially after June 1st or whatever, we have another sure. 13 mil cap space come on the board. Um, loser, Jets. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Bill Belichick fucked them, you know, <laughs> yeah. fucked them real good and uh, traded uh, so that uh, who jumped ahead of them? I don't remember to grab the offensive tackle. Steelers. Steelers. Traded so the Steelers could jump ahead of them, grab an offensive tackle, which really seems like the guy that the Jets wanted because they ended up picking yeah. Will McDonald, who uh, was a strange pick and a super at least favorite, At least favorite player in the draft. <laughs> because of Will McDonald. McDonald, Happy Meal Man. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> she said, "Oh, a Happy Meal guy." I said, "Yeah, that's him, <laughs> Mr. McDonald." Um, yeah, I just, uh, it's just like they gave up a lot. I, I, I think mm-hmm. in, in the end, right, there was some argument back and forth. Who has leverage, right? The Packers or the Jets? In my mind, the Packers end up having leverage because. Aaron Rodgers is going to play 70% of snaps or whatever the fuck we're talking about um, Mm. this year. And so... Two firsts. Yeah. They gave up a first and a stronger draft next year. And, oh, man. I mean, 
You don't win the Super Bowl. This was a bad. This is a bad trade. Here, we are just. This is a situation where, as a Dolphins fan, that does not like a guy. It's all coming together for the mm-hmm. team I'm going to cheer against the most in the history of football will be the 2023 New York Jets because the comedy that the Jets could have fucked their future by, um, you know, they obviously made a terrible pick with Zach Wilson. They have admitted that three years into his playing career. Um, And they are giving away premium picks, delaying the inevitable of having the draft another franchise quarterback because uh, Aaron Rodgers is quickly approaching 40. And obviously we have set our thoughts on Aaron Rodgers on the spot. So combination of a bunch of things here. Uh, yeah. I will die dead if they miss the playoffs this year, which is be great. thousands percent possible in this loaded AFC. I'm going to switch back to a winner going again outside the box. Uh, AFC South watchability is a winner. Uh, you went from a division oh. whose quarterback was Davis Mills uh, and Matt Ryan mm-hmm. and Ryan Tannehill and Trevor Lawrence to uh, all three of the other teams now have brought in a quarterback. So you're looking at, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence versus CJ Stroud versus Anthony Richardson versus Ryan Tannehill with the excitement regardless of whether it's your team or not it it's always exciting when there's that young rookie quarterback who's right behind the incumbent veteran who's on his way out it's like when is the veteran going to come out when is the rookie going to start you know we were talking about it a lot with Trey Lance 2 years ago like that there's a level of excitement for any kind of football fan when that when that unknown player is going to be able to come in watchability you know those Thursday night uh, Colts Jags games are going to be uh, infinitely more watchable than they were last year or the year before that. Uh, I don't know how many of these we need to do. I'll do another loser because mm-hmm. why not have three losers a roll? And you took the Colts for me. Um, the Lions. I have the Lions as well. Um, just don't understand. The picks in this, the places they were at, just your 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 order was wild. You're 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 expending some premium picks on non-premium positions. Uh, you know, it's not like I mean, look, I, as a Dolphins fan, I would have loved to have Gibbs, right? Um, but I don't know. It's just you went from having Swift and Williams last year, who were um, really good. And you went ahead and decided to draft Gibbs, who, you know, could be an improvement. But, I mean, those guys are, I, I don't know. I mean, the combination of those two, uh, one of the best duos running in the league. back room is a side grade at the best. Yeah. You have now David Montgomery, who's constantly injured, and Gibbs. Uh, you know, you, you got to hope now that Gibbs hits and Montgomery stays healthy uh, to meet what you had last year. And mm-hmm. that's just not where you want to be. Picking a linebacker at pick 18, never a good idea. Um, even five picks late. He's a liability in coverage. Even, this is what I've heard oh, from good. everybody. Yeah, even even like five picks later when you're picking a guy like Devin Lloyd, right? Uh, you don't want to pick a first-round guy, a linebacker, uh, unless 
it's got to be a huge hole, and it's got to be a fucking A-plus blue-chip prospect because mm-hmm. linebacker, in my mind, might be the least valuable position in terms of – Inside linebacker, um, off-ball linebacker, sure, yeah. Sure, sure. Um, in, sure uh, in terms of, like, you know, what you can pick up in the first round. Then, round two, pick 34, tight end. Uh, another guy from Iowa, because why not, you know, just <laughs> just like TJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know. It's just like those three picks alone, I think, just kind of puts them, um, to my mind, a loser. Not to mention there's ex- there are now talks about extending Jared Goff. <sighs> I just, I mean. They built up all of this, like, trust and, like, goodwill among uh football draft heads like you and me with the drafts that they had before this one and then they just ripped it all to shreds that was a terrible draft yeah uh it's it's unfortunate uh they were just they were just getting so much better and better and i think what they're going to realize which is the jared goff problem is that maybe it's the offense around him that is making Mm -hmm. him so good and it's not jared goff I mean, you just have a super talented offensive rounder, one of the best offensive lines in the league, one of the best running back duels in the league last year. Uh, Amasa, uh, Ross A. Brown, uh, half, the league, uh, half the year had T.J. Hawkinson, and you know, relatively decent wide receivers behind St. Brown. And Jameson Williams coming was also great when he came in halfway through the year. And you know, maybe it was that because Jared Goff, you, you know. I just, he's not it. Like, he's not it. Uh, and you are putting way too much in there. And you're losing your championship window, in my mind, um, by hitting on all these players. But you're going to have to start paying them in a couple years. And I don't know what the hell the extension of Jared Goff looks like. But you're just Kirk Cousining the shit out of this, really. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm going to give you one more winner. And then we can get out of here. Uh, winner, first round wide receivers. We were told time and time and again that this draft would maybe have one wide receiver at the most in the first round. Ended up having four go in a row. We are never going to see another NFL draft where at least three wide receivers do not go in the first round. You could take it to the bank. You just bet that every single time. Over three wide receivers in the first round. This draft pretty low next year you, we, we could have six wide receivers going first round first round wide receivers you have one congratulations <laughs> got anything else no do you want to hit uh, beer bets or do you want to get out of here because it's you know it's good for me <laughs> uh well i think you got all the beer bets right you, i went, you I went it, right? eight i swept uh, the only one I had a question about, and I deleted it because I didn't see if I took it or not, was we had a um, Wood Laura like the um, sweet chili uh, Doritos, but you didn't take. I don't think we ended up taking. I don't. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I think we just kind of like goofed around on that one. But otherwise, yeah, I went uh, plus eight in the beer bets. Uh, won all of them. Don't know about the draft. I didn't look at it. We'll 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 hit you with that. Um, I think you might have picked up one with the cj stroud other than that i think we probably both did pretty poor with our prediction anthony richardson going fourth of the colts wild oh so you probably you probably picked up a couple got him you know um (laughs) yeah 
So we'll look at that. Um, but do you have anything else? Uh, no, what the hell are we doing in two weeks? Did we discuss? We'll be back in two weeks with, I don't know. Okay. We'll, <laughs> we'll tell you when we get there. Uh, get thanks for joining us. Um, you can find and follow us at Surfing Our Official Turf, all one word, at Twitter. You can email us at the same thing. Emails, you know, what you maybe want us to talk about. Uh, at Surfing Our Official Turf at gmail.com. Uh, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts if you'd be so kind. Uh, thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you all in two weeks on the Surf and Our Official Turf podcast. Mm-hmm.